everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is the practice report. It is brought to you by Byers Auto. And Ohio State is now one day closer to traveling to beautiful New Jersey to take mm -hmm. on Rutgers. 3.30 on Saturday. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim A. Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. As we get right into it, uh, another day of practice, another day for C.J. Stroud to work through the shoulder injury, make sure that he's uh, cleared and ready to go. No definitive word from Ohio State about the health of that at this point. Uh, not that anyone should have been expecting one, but it certainly still appears Berm like he's trending towards starting. And you heard Garrett Wilson uh, among several of the Buckeyes talking tonight about how how good he looked, how much that week off helped him. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe also how difficult it was for him to arrive to that conclusion that he also needed it. Garrett told me that he, you know, had told him, hey, it's a long season. Make sure that you're right. And that seems like it's working. Yeah, right now it's a quarterback non-traversy. You know what Ooh, I mean? Like, wow. uh, there is... I, I, I like that. There is no, there is no reason to worry about it. There is no reason to say this guy should play or this guy should play. Ryan Day put that to bed on Tuesday. If C.J. Stroud is healthy, he's the quarterback. So, you know, the Buckeye team needs that. I think they, the, you can't enter the real meat of the conference schedule having those sort of questions. There's already enough questions at other positions and defense and the linebacker room and everything else that you have to put that to bed. And so I think seeing CJ out here, he looked fine. He looked like a guy who'd been sweating. So I think he was working out and we don't get to see it, but he, he had a he had developed a perspiration. So I think that it's a sign that he's he's ready to go. That's one of the best practice observations that we can give you when yep. they come back in. If they're pretty sweaty, they probably worked. Uh, we all talked about the quarterbacks yesterday. So Spencer, those other issues that Burham talked about, what did you learn from uh, the Wednesday night media session uh, that informs <coughs> What might happen on Saturday? Well, Jerron Cage seems pretty confident that the defensive line is kind of back on track. He, he had a lot of good things to say about Tyleek Williams. I think Ronnie Hickman's more in the same boat, too. I think this defense is coming in with a lot of confidence. Uh, when you when you have what happened against Oregon, then you're allowed to go back and play against a Tulsa team and, a, and an Akron team that just, you know, aren't very good offensively. That's a good time to gain some confidence, and I think that's my main takeaway from tonight is this defense, for all of its warts early in the season, built a little bit of confidence that you kind of need to go into Big Ten play. Now you can go in there, you can start to kind of build on what you've done against the bad teams and take that and translate it into some production against good teams. I know Tim was just looking for stock tips from Travion Henderson. So. Hey, dude, he and I both bought Neo low. That's all I know, and uh, I'll give you that tip right now. I, I like him more Isn't and more. Isn't it too late? I like him more and more every time we talk to him and every time you watch him play. So that's, that's the, you know, yeah. To know this young man was planning for his future years ago, uh, financially, et cetera, just you know, get into the stock market, learn some things about it, and things like that. I mean, that's that's just to me shows a little bit of the depth of this young man. He's not just out there running the ball through big scenes opened by Dewan Jones, et cetera, who I'm writing about later this week. But I digress. But the bottom line is, yeah, Trevion, he's interesting dude because you know, just dealing with us, he's pretty much the same guy he was three or four weeks ago, or even back in the. A little bit of spring when you had a little bit of interaction with him when he was on my podcast he was an inter interesting interview and uh he hadn't really changed yet you know we'll see if he does but uh dude, we all know that he's not a star in the making he's already kind of a star rising more than more than yeah. more than anything else but uh yeah i mean you just feel like this offense like burn was talking about and you were garrett wilson you know pretty much let you know that cj strauss seemed to be practicing pretty well especially today which is a a key barometer on what's coming on Saturday, I do believe. So uh, that's what I picked up from today, along with a few other stock tips. I, I, I asked Cody Simon about the perception that there's a leadership issue in the linebacker room, and you could tell he was sort of 
frustrated by the notion that it's out there. And he, and he mentioned Taraja Mitchell and Tommy Eichenberg as the leaders of that room emotionally. He talked about how difficult Saturday was for those guys with what happened with Kayvon Pope. But you can tell that this is a group of guys that is trying so hard to focus on getting better at football that they get really frustrated when there's so much exterior gobbledygook happening. And, and I continue to be just more and more impressed by as Tim's saying about Trayvon Henderson, but Cody Simon, Ronnie Hickman, these are these are guys who are really yes. just evolving and into leadership roles, and it's kind of cool to watch it from four weeks ago to now because you're starting to see the real cream of the crop uh, take over inside of the locker room. And that's why Cody Simon can be a leader in this group because, you know, we've, we've seen him come off the field a few times with that shoulder he's got that's all strapped up and stuff, and yet he gets right back out there. And uh, so that that's a guy who's playing – with a lot of toughness along with everything else. And we, we're seeing him improve right in front of our eyes from week to week. And I think the leaders are there. Sometimes you just kind of have to let things settle, you know? And I think that's what we're seeing on that defense. Ronnie Hickman's definitely stepping forward, agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a playmaker, as a leader, as a guy that you can kind of like bank on, he's kind of do his job. Cody Simon's kind of trying, you know, basically rising a little bit like that. You know, and in the middle, Haskell Garrett, and then Tyleek Williams, you know, like we've talked about, freshman of the week. Tyleek Williams, Denzel Burke, one of those guys is next in line, I do believe. Yeah, and we'll see uh, if that can be supplemented or complemented by some of the veterans that missed last week, particularly on that defensive line that we're talking about. Yeah. It's uh, a, a chance for Tyreek Smith to potentially get back. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Teron Vincent, these guys have now, I mean, like it or not, they weren't producing at the level that was expected of them. And then if you're hurt, obviously you can't at all. But they had to watch what happened when they were not available. Cam Brown also, yeah. And, and the, the rise in production from that defensive line. Cam Brown's issue, I'd put that a little bit separately because yeah. you know, he knows what his spot would be. And uh, there was nobody who stepped up at cornerback to take that away from him last week <laughs> as as opposed to the defensive line with JT Tuimalau, uh, Tyleek Williams that you guys have already mentioned, Jack Sawyer, um, Ty Hamilton, a number of guys stepping to the forefront there that can take that playing time away from them that they all thought was going to belong to them. Um, And so urgency then for them to get back and get healthy, if possible, not saying that they would do anything reckless. Uh, You know, Tyreek Smith, that that certainly looked like a concussion two weeks ago, so you don't want to mess around with that. Uh, But this, you know, same is also true now for a veteran. Like there, Munford has nothing to prove. Um, But he will want to be back out there in a Big Ten game as a block O, as a captain. Um, He was dealing with a lower leg injury last week. (laughs) So I think if I had to place a wager right now, just can't do that in Ohio, but maybe in one of the states on the way over, I would say their Munford will play on Saturday. Yeah, he, I, walked, he walked by us. He, he looked yeah. kind of okay. You know? I, I thought, and, and I don't want to read too much into things, but it is our job to make observations, right? That's what we're here to do. Well, he just said a mouthful a while ago with like three words. Obviously, with, with Javante Jean-Baptiste missing last week with an injury, it is still interesting as a veteran, as one of the seniors, that we've talked to Luke Whippler and Ronnie Hickman and Cody Simon, who are all from New Jersey this week. But we didn't talk to Javante Jean-Baptiste, who's from New Jersey this week. And so you can discern whatever you want from that, but clearly there is a, a need at this point. We're st- talking about all the different levels, right? Secondary, the offensive line, the defensive line has not been represented by those veterans. And I think that that's something that's important to note. Uh, defensive ends, let me Maybe say that. he doesn't like bagels or pizza. I yep. mean, Maybe, but as a guy who all summer was was heralded as a as a blossoming leader on the defense and in the program, I would have expected that we would have talked to him this week. 
Luke Lippler, though, did take advantage of that by mentioning that yeah. he's a Jersey guy and now has a name, image, and likeness deal uh, with a certain bagelry on campus. I think if, that's what they're called. If you talk about... If, you throw, <laughs> if you're fishing, you throw a lure out there, sometimes somebody will Somebody's bite. Somebody's going to bite, but I, I'm interested at that center spot because if Ohio State is going to get Harry Miller back... He was out there today. ...this week or next week, what happens? And I think it's a little bit of a wrench that's thrown into the into it all here because I don't think you want to throw that wrench in there, honestly. I don't think but here's the thing, I don't I don't think Luke Whipler has done anything to lose that job. And Harry Miller hasn't been available. And the best ability on the offensive line, especially, to build continuity is availability. And so it's it's interesting because everybody's ta- everybody talked about Harry Miller as the the bona fide starter in the room heading into what we thought was going to be a breakout year for him. Now with Luke Whipler, a, a, New, Jer- a New Jersey guy going back home, going to get the start in this game, it's a I think it's a big week for the Ohio State offensive line because a, a guy who was who was pegged as a starter is now somebody who's back and and it's I just think I think that dynamic is interesting moving forward. I don't think that it's something that needs to be like worried about or anything like that. But at the same time, Harry Miller's a talented guy and he's a hard guy to keep off the field. But that's, but. Luke Whipler's done really well. And I've been watching video. Matt Jones is playing extremely well. I mean, he's playing extremely well. And it's really funny, like you just touched on this. You got this offensive line. You've got to get Thayer Munford back in the lineup if he's ready to go, right? I mean, he's one of the one of the best linemen in the country and stuff. But uh, you know, they have built depth in this in this thing. But you've got guys who have played now, they want to keep playing. <laughs> and uh, I whether the competition, whether iron does sharpen iron, I think we're gonna find out, you know. Uh, that's going to be one of those juggling matches, uh, one of those many things that keeps Ryan Day up all night, not just at night. You know what's better than having five really good offensive linemen? Ten. Having ten really good offensive linemen. Sound like Urban Meyer there. But we've talked about I mean, to go two and up. Right? We can't say that in August it's great for them to have the depth and versatility and they can do whatever they want. Right. And then say that it's suddenly going to be a problem for them. I'm right. not saying that that's what either of you two were suggesting. No. But, you know, Luke Whipler took that job and has run with it for four weeks. And... You know, I don't know when the opportunity would come for Harry Miller to take that back from him. But Spencer, you also asked about you know the, the chemistry and not wanting to disrupt that uh, on Tuesday, and it was more in reference to Matt Jones. But you know, if it's hard to see how you don't put your best players out there and the ones who've been out there consistently, so they've already shown that they would do that in creative fashions with Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson at guard. Um, you know. But maybe they can stop putting number 41 on Donovan Jackson and throwing him out there as a sixth offensive lineman. And, you know, you can have those situations where you have Matt Jones out there in that role. I mean, there's ways to get creative, but the point is, and has always been, you play your best five and you go. But we talked about this like after the Minnesota game. If Ohio State wanted to play like Minnesota, it could. It could. That's the interesting thing about this football team compared to a lot of others. And I think that's the only reason that I'm bringing up this, this Harry Miller conundrum, I guess, if you want to even call it that, which I, I don't even know if I would. It's a great is, conundrum, sorry. Is the fact that in August, Ohio State was looking for its best five, and Harry Miller was on the field. And so obviously in August, he was among the best five. And when you, when you declare best five in the preseason, that sometimes changes throughout the season. And I, th- I think Luke Whipler right now is one of the best five. He's proven that he can do it at a very high level for you know, a four-game sample size, I think that's enough to know that he's able to do it. Yeah. And so it's just interesting now that one of the original best five is, ba- is back to being available at some point here in the next, you know, either this week or next week. And now you have to go back and say, okay, is Luke Whipler the, in the best five? 
I would say yes. And so I just think it's it's an interesting dynamic in this team that's not going to cause any riff or anything. I just think it's interesting. It is very interesting. And uh, it'll give them, as you said, something more to think about as they get ready to head to Rutgers on Saturday at 3.30. We'll be there. That's a third of the way to Mars. And we will be <laughs> heading for full coverage of Ohio State and Rutgers back as Big Ten, Big Ten play resumes. Berm, Spencer, and I hopping in the car for everyone's favorite road trip. Can't wait. It's a Byers Auto road trip, just like the practice report. Spencer, Holbrook, Tim, May, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. Uh, you can find all of our work at Letterman Row as part of the On3 network. You can subscribe right now for a full year for $10. Don't miss it. Uh, just tell them that the four of us sent you. It'll be the deal of a lifetime, we promise. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned on this channel as well for full coverage. Ohio State Rutgers on Saturday. Uh, and all coverage of Ohio State Buckeyes 365 days a year at LettermanRow.com. Bye-bye. <laughs>